Welcome, everyone, to Doing Business with a Servant's Heart. As I always say, and I'll say again, servants are hard to find, but I found a great one here in Kevin. You're going to enjoy what he's got to say. He's got some cool advice, but somebody you want to just shut everything off and get the golden nuggets that he's going to be spitting out today. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I set you up, and I know you're going to do very well with that. Let's start in the beginning, you know, what you started in your work life and what got you where today. Yeah, so I was a technical guy out of college. So I was like, and uh, went to work for big computer companies. And what I found along the way is as much as that tech stuff is great, the thing that really I saw make the big difference in companies is that human to human relationship. So that's part of why I love, you know, the subject of your podcast, that servant leader, that connecting it as as a human being. And so I sort of shifted my attention about to, to sort of learn about human beings. And, uh, and so ultimately, when I started my own business in IT, I was really focused on the human side of IT, how to, how to organize the people, process procedures, disciplines. And so I grew that IT business to 30, 30 people. And really, I did it, a lot of it was to learn how to be a great CEO, because I saw in my future, really being in that space and helping helping those people. I just love strategy. I love business constitution. I love entrepreneurs. And so I knew that ultimately I was going to want to be in that game and serving that audience. And so I knew I had to, I had to get good at it. And so I got teachers and, you know, studied a lot and had coaches and just, uh, and, and really got to the point where uh, I was, you know, I built a great business, but it was, it was great by most standards. But then I found I, I didn't love working for big companies. And I, I really saw it was time to, to start m- my life of service to entrepreneurs. And so about 18 years ago, I shifted my focus to take a lot of the stuff that I'd learned to other entrepreneurs and so that they could, you know, achieve their dreams more quickly, really. I love that you educated yourself. It's a great lesson for the audience. And you had coaches. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, you know, come top of my head, they all had coaches for a reason. So I, I, God bless you for doing that and and telling people that. What are you doing today and how are you serving your clients and people you meet? Yeah, I do it in a couple of ways, you know, so I've been an EOS implementer for a while, entrepreneurial operating system. And with those guys, I work with companies that have 10 to to 100 people and, uh, and they have a leadership team. And so if you've got a leadership team, if you're to that scale, to me, the best thing you can do to 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 live your dreams is to is to implement EOS because it really solves a lot of the problems that that plague people in that size of the company. Along the way, I saw I worked with a lot of solopreneurs and saw that they were struggling. A lot of those people want to get to the point where they're sort of a, an EOS client, but they but EOS doesn't solve the problems they have. And so I started a, another company called Fastest Route to help those guys get to the point where they had a leadership team as quickly and easily as possible. And so um, with those guys, I really, it's a different problem, right? So, so the people that are trying to run a business with 10 to 250 people, their, their big issue is like getting the most out of the people in their organization. Um, Solopreneurs, they have a different, it's a different set of challenges. You know, a lot of it is business design and they don't know it. They don't realize that 
a lot of the struggles that they're having is because they haven't crisply, coherently, and com in a compelling way designed their business. And so I help them do that. And a lot of other things, you know, because that game of being a solopreneur is, 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 has its own really difficult challenges. Well, just saying solo fears people. Yeah. Cause you're really not alone. Oh, yeah. Your business is yours, but guys like you can make it easier. And I love the differentiation from a company with 10 to 100 to a solopreneur because they are completely different animals. Different, completely different. I mean, I, I wanted to serve them both in the same company, but it's different market, different concerns, yeah. different practices. And that and that being solo, and you, so I say one to 10, so they may have employees, so they're not on their own, but they're really on their own in their head. If, they're not, if they don't have someone else that's helping them lead another manager in the organization, then man, it is a, it is a, it is a lonely experience and this is one of those things you know you, you you work on your marketing what's the experience of a solopreneur and that's one that everybody recognizes you know that sense of being alone you got a whole bunch of people want to give you advice that don't know what they're doing and so you get you know everyone giving you advice and you've just one of the first things you have to learn is to how to kindly ignore most people because if you've never been in that game it's a different phenomenon. And so one of the things that I've learned is like the, those at that stage, what you, one of the most important things is to have a, have a, a peer group, other people to talk to. You've got to be in conversation with others, you know, and there's like inexpensive ways to do that, you know, less impact, but the more impact, you know, you often have to spend some money. But the key thing is like being in conversation with others, because we're really smart. You know, most of us entrepreneurs, we've got a lot of smart ideas in our head. The problem is we got a lot of crazy ones in there, too. And we don't know the difference. I worked with the business plan competition for 10 years. And so I saw hundreds of people and talked to them. And they tell me what they're up to. And a lot of times it's going. That's never going to work. <laughs> wow. You know, but they can't. But if you but when you're in your own head, you know, and I'm sure you've had this experience, like you're living in this place about what a great idea this is. And then you go talk to people and they go like, yeah, not so much. And so you've got to yeah. be with people that you trust so that they can, you know, so that you can steer yourself in a, in a great direction. I mean, this is one of the big things I saw working with with as EOS companies, you know, because I, I work with the leadership team of my EOS clients and just the power of that and how we really tighten that up and make it a real coherent mm -hmm team you know is so powerful and i and when then when i was working with solopreneurs that the gap of that that missing that is is so impactful and so um you know yeah it's just really talking to getting to other people to talk to because it's lonely you're making decisions all the time and man you got to let somebody in there yeah no decision making is an important thing you mentioned business plans yeah what business is the plan common What's the what's the common mistake people make in business plans? If there is one, I oh, you know, it's an interesting domain, you know, because when I was in the business plan competition, this was a real thing. And in a way, business plans have diminished in uh their effectiveness and and the way that they're embraced. And it's a funny thing. When I was in the middle of the business plan competition, they'd asked us to do some research and get some research on on the effectiveness of business plans. And what I found is they're actually counter. They the, having a business plan is actually a counterindication to success. Hmm. But when you search for business planning and success, there's a very strong correlation. So people get a plan and they get fixated on the plan. And when you're a solopreneur and when you're small, it's a life of pivots. 
And so if you've gripped in some story about what you're going to produce and then you're not paying attention to what's going on in the world, then you get bogged down. Whereas a constant business planning process is extremely powerful. Um, and so this is what's behind the, the lean movement, right? So, you know, the, the notion of a lot of people want to plan their business, plan their business, plan their business. And the, and the real key thing is like, no, encounter your customer early and often, you know, as yep. early as possible, fail fast, yeah, fail I forward fast, yeah. you know? How important is a business plan for an entrepreneur? Well, so, so, you know, if you search for business plan and download a template, that template isn't going to be very good. Uh, in my experience. So one of the things that I did in the business plan competition, you know, because what, what I learned is both the coasts, like the venture capital firms stopped using those forms like 15 years ago. Wow. And so and so it's a different orientation. Um, and so it's not like having a plan is a bad thing. It's that like 1920s, 1950 templated kind of what they are is their market opportunity assessment is what that is. And so what I did in the business plan competition is I started up another competition with using the tool uh, for, for business planning in the entrepreneurial operating system called the Vision Traction Organizer. So it's the VTO. And that form gives you way more, it, it boxes you in hmm. to making decisions about business design that are more essential to success, right? <clears throat> and so, um, so one of the things I do with my EOS clients is I'll, I'll you know, we do a, what we call a 90 minute meeting, which is educational. I get the leadership team and I teach them EOS. And along the way, what I do is I ask them, one of the things in the VTO is the 10 year target. What's your long term goal? And when you get in that group and you ask, what's that long term goal? It's shocking how often the leaders are not in a complete alignment. And it's one of those indicators like, man, get on board and figure this out. And so as it turns out, you know, a lot of times they may have a really good plan for the next three months, but they don't know where they're going in the distance. Oh, uh, gotcha. And so what what it turns out is like the way that human beings are is if you if you get everybody crystal clear on the objective, like who are we, where are we going, then everybody can like navigate the path much better. Right. The plan becomes actually kind of almost like the least significant piece of it, because what happens is if you don't know where you're going, ultimately, if we don't have an agreement, then, you know, no matter what plan you get, this God only knows what that's going to do. Um, so anyway, um, a, a business. So I think of a business design. So we're not very good at business design, especially solopreneurs. We leave it really fuzzy. We leave it. Who do you you know, what's your target market? Oh, anyone with money. And yeah, and 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 what do you do for them? Oh, whatever they want. You know, I mean, of course, I'm paraphrasing and I'm making a joke out of it. But people, it's very scary as a solopreneur and you don't want to leave any opportunity open. And so what people do is they think it's a better idea to be very flexible. And it's actually it destroys you. It's really it's it's worse. You've really got to stand for something and be somebody and take it, you know, and hold it and and have that thing be something that's really coherent with your own heart and soul. Because if you love, you know, because most people, when they tell you how to design a business, what they the underlying common sense about what they say to do is like, look in the audience, look in the marketplace, mm -hmm. find a target market that needs some help and then become what they need. And that's backwards. That's awful. 
It's horrible. It works for the venture capital firms. It works for billion dollar companies. If you want to take 30% of the marketplace, then do that. But for the rest of us normal human beings, it's horrible. The re- the people who succeed, what they did is they, they express themselves. They figure out who do I love? Who do I want to serve? Figure out what's the concern that they have that I want to serve the most. And what do I, what am I really good at doing? And so it's really, it's an internal job to figure out who do I love, what concern matters to me, and then design your business that way. Because then when you're out talking to people, your passion just shows and people are attracted to passion. And so your sales get better. uh, You get better. I just worked with a woman who was like going on a path in her career. And I asked her, when's the last time she studied anything about the material? And she said, you know, it's been 20 years. And now she's often following her heart. And she's just reading everything she can get her hands on about it. It's like, you know, because it's it, they love it. And we all see that. Right. So if I'm going in a place I love, I'm reading the stuff just because I think it's cool. And then yeah. all of a sudden I can help my clients better. So business design is important. And some story about, you know, where are you going in the future? Where are you going in three years? Where are you going to be in three months? Where are you or a year and then three months? And then, you know, the planning piece you know, it's, it's important, but it's not as important as all that other stuff. Yeah. But does that make sense? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And, and it makes sense. A lot of people need what you do, whether it's you or somebody else, you know, it's always, I'd love for them to yeah. reach out to you. Do you work with startups or does it matter? Is it a company around 20 years or a company that's a year old? Does it matter? Well, so I find generally that the people that are just starting up. So if they've got customers, if they've proven their idea, then they're, a, they're then I can help them. The challenge is that most people, you know, people that start a business, there's a certain sort of crustiness about us, right? We like we think we can do it better, and and that and you have to have that. You can't, you know, you've got to have that sense of like, you know, confidence, that strong confidence. This is I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd never start a business. And so a lot of times, people are really good at the thing they do, right? So I was really good at IT. And so I started a business, but I knew I wasn't good at business. I had an MBA. That doesn't mean I'm any good at business. And so I went to those people that knew the domain that I was now acting in, which is business. It's no longer IT, it's business. But a lot of people don't know that and they have to suffer. And so a lot of times I find that the people that are open, right? So I can't help anybody that isn't open and isn't willing. And so there's something about being in business for two years, (laughs) and struggling and suffering that opens up people's minds. And, but now, so those people that start and they're just naturally open, that's awesome. But what requires is like some uh, realization that there must be a better way to do this. And other people that have been there before um, might be able to save me some time, energy, and money that that has to be apparent to them. How important, and I love all that, how important is decision-making and take an action in part of what you do? Well, yeah, I mean, so business is a struggle and this has always been a struggle for me. And, you know, a lot of people are like that where it's like, I'm sort of a perfectionist. And so I want to make the the perfect decision. Right. And so, so a lot of times I'll delay making a decision and in general, it's just not a good practice. And I have to force myself. It's about action. It's about reasonable, um, reasonable thoughtfulness, because the reality is, and this is the thing, the difference between like lean and historical business planning practices, because because we can we can think all we want. But until we encounter the world, we're just making stuff up. 
You know what I mean? And so it's, I think it, it is important to make decisions faster and act based upon those decisions faster because the reality is you don't, you can't make perfect decisions. You just can't. And, and so the way that you're going to learn what the perfect decision is, is, is after the fact, you're going to get, gather that data and then pivot. And so it's decide, pivot, decide, pivot, decide, pivot. And that's one of those things about like solopreneurs, as opposed to my entrepreneurial operating system customers, you know, they've gotten to a point where they, they're kind of like, they kind of know, they know where they're going, you know, but when you're just starting out and it isn't quite working, it's a lot of pivots. It's a lot of pivots, um, which has its own dangers, right? So I'm an, I'm what we, in the OS world we call a visionary. And so we talk about CEOs being visionaries and COOs being implementers. And so, you know, there's there's a certain wackiness to us. You know, we we get bored easily and we're like changing our minds all the time. So it's 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 kind of you got to really, you know, walk that fine line between, okay, make a decision. And so what I do is when I'm like, oh, I'm going to change my mind. I have to go talk to like three or four people to say, am I just being, am I just being my visionary self and just getting bored with that? And I want to go that way. Who a new idea, new idea. Yeah. And, and so, but you know, but so it's like really stand between the lines. It's like, no, you don't think of it forever, but don't just change your mind constantly. And this is one of those things where it's important. That's why having a team really yeah. matters, right? So, cause if we're doing all of this in our own head, Man, it's crazy making. It's it's scary. All, yeah. You know, which way am I going to go? Burp, 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 burp. Right. <laughs> yeah, I hear no decision is the worst decision. Yeah, you know, I agree. And, and you bring accountability when you work with people, and I come to you as a client and go, "I got this decision," so I can use you and bounce off you accountability for that, right? Yeah, and I, you know, so I think we have a struggle with sort of accountability in the world. A lot of people mm -hmm. think accountability is a baseball bat. It's like consequences. And I don't like that sort of orientation to accountability. Accountability is a flashlight sort of it's social pressure is all the pressure you need. Right. So, so the accountability that I provide is when I work with a client, I will say, did you do that? And then they say, no, I didn't. And I, and you know, so so I tend to be more on the support side of that. It's like, you know, some people are hardcore and they're saying, what's the matter with you? Get these things done. And I just think it's such a tough job that, you know, what a lot of times we need more grace and we need more uh, and we need to be honest with ourselves and others. And so then we can look at it. So that accountability is essential for us to be able to look at it. And make those decisions because sometimes not doing something is the right idea, but sometimes it isn't. And so it's just looking at it with someone else is powerful. There's all sorts of like these natural mechanisms that we have as human beings that just make those things happen. You know, so our current our current model of leadership and management came from the military. So mm -hmm. when industrial revolution occurred, we didn't really have standard practices for how to organize the activities of, you know, dozens or hundreds or thousands of people. The only people that knew how to do that were generals. And so we had military models for how to lead and manage. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a coercive model. And so that coercive model of leadership and management still persists in our muscles and in our DNA is the right thing to do. It's a draconian, forceful, coercive model, because in the military, if you don't follow me, you know, I can kill you. 
You know, if I tell you, give you an order on the battlefield and you don't do it, I can put a bullet in your head and never face any consequences. And so there is a certain orientation of how our reaction, our, our relationship to people in power and those people and this sort of that servant's heart is a different thing. It's like social power is a different phenomenon. And so how do you how do you drive that throughout your organization as an entrepreneur, as everybody in your organization? Because most part of what I didn't like about those big companies is it's so coercive. It's a command, control and submit. And it's like and it doesn't work really well. This is why we have the great resignation. You know, people say you can't get good people anymore. And it's like, no, that's not true. But good people are getting good people. If you run your business well with the servant's heart, guess what? Those guys aren't struggling as much in getting people and keeping them. The truth is they get the good people because the good people go and they look at that and they say, I'm not going to put up with that, that military coercive yeah. model. So um, anyway. No, that's fantastic. Is it more productive too? That's the other thing. Uh, more this productive. is such such golden nuggets you've put out. We could talk a long time about this. We're running out of time, but let's, I don't want to forget. Let's do a shout out how people can reach out to you. Cause I'm sure they're going to have questions for you. So Kevin at fastest route.co.com.co. So fastest F A S T E S T R O U T E. Kevin at fastest route.co is the way to, is the best way to get through to me. I'm going to make it even better way. I'm going to get a little crazy here. I'm going to give right. two gifts out for the first two people that reach out to you. So Kevin's going to let me know who it is. And then he's going to get me your contact information. I'll get your email address. I'm going to mail you something to thank you for reaching out to Kevin, because you can tell through this show, this guy knows what the hell he's talking about. Excuse me, Lord, about saying hell, it's not a bad <laughs> thing, but, and, and I like that because we're trying to do so much in this world by ourselves. You're right. Masterminding community and support are missing. We you're bringing it back. Yeah. God bless you for that. And I'm going to support you. you 100% because I, I love what you're doing. With that being said, you've given us a lot of nu information, a lot of golden nuggets. Can you give me one more piece of advice for my audience through their journey that's helped you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, so I'll talk to people a long time and I give them a lot of advice and I'll end it by saying, look, you know, all of that's good. Don't get me wrong. But the thing that's most essential is having some structure where you're in recurrent conversation with people in the same game with you. You've got to be talking to people. You've got to get out of your own head. You know, if you're feeling alone, you know, certainly my program helps do that. Um, but if you can't afford that, if now's not the right time for that, then get your own, you know, set up, you know, have a monthly meeting with a bunch of people and and just talk about your business because, man, putting your head together with other people over time you will learn all the other stuff I have to share with you because we all sort of see a lot of the same thing from a different angle. So talk to people, get out of your own head and talk to more people.